0: Who's Uzbekistan, where's Bekistan, why's Bekistan, how's Bekistan? Bek is in Uzbekistan. What's going good and what's going bad? As she's live from Tashkent, Uzbekistan, in the heart of Central Asia. Hey, 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 here we are in the heart of Central Asia. On a gloomy Saturday morning, had a lot of snow, a lot of snow yesterday. Um, in terms of uh, the amount of time it was snowing, only had m- minor accumulation, but you know, but enough to make it pretty, but not impact travel. So you know, I'll go with that. Um, okay. So, uh, what am I excited about? What am I puzzled by? And how long do I plan to stay? I have been a busy girl. <laughs> I've been a busy girl for the past three weeks that I've been here. Um, and and the next few weeks after that are queued up just the same. Um, but but mostly a good busy. So yesterday I had a very unique experience. Um, so as you aware, my current job is that I am teaching teachers. And, you know, one of my family mottos is, You don't ask, you don't get. And this little... This little gal in my class, you know, not really describing her as, you know. Um, oh, gosh, I can't put a diplomatic word on. You know, just, just your standard standard, you know, cute little young, cute little young gal, you know, for first year teaching. And she said, will you come to my school? And she is my student. And she has asked, and so she gets. And she told me, she said, it's far away. Well, I thought she meant like, it's on the other side of town. Oh, no, no, no. I have been on an excursion. So, anyway, she invited me to her school. You know, we talked a little bit about who it would be, and I, you know, and just, it was difficult to get the main point of. What I could do and what she wanted me to do, and what the scenario would be, but I, you know, I, I knew I was going to be in for an adventure and that I needed to be very flexible and very patient and put a huge freaking smile plastered across my face, and that's what I did. So, we talked about it a little bit, and I, you know, I told her she needed to have a plan of what she wanted me to do, and she did. The students had learned some songs and some dances and and some games. And, you know, she just kept saying, create a native speaker atmosphere. I'm like, okay, I have no idea what that means. Um, But, you know, a chance for them to ask me some questions and talk with them a little bit. It was the secondary students at her school. So, anyway, so it was in such a remote area that it's not on the taxi app. So, luckily, she was keen on this, and, you know, we made arrangements for her to call a taxi for me, and got that worked out relatively easily, and, um, I mean, just hiked it out there, you know, an hour car ride, and it's not like an hour jumping on the highway, you know, we just, like, wove our way, you know, to another part of town in the direction of the mountains, and ended up in some kind of other little town that was more that part was more developed than i thought and then we took a right-hand turn and we went down the longest straightest most pothole-filled road i have ever been on and we rode and we rode and we rode and passed some fields and that were all covered in snow and finally we get to this little ramshackle building Um, with a little sign in front of it, you know, saying it was a school, and, um, I mean, I would love to know what year that school was actually built, but just, you know, very modest, you know, just these old-fashioned chairs, and no technology, and just so, so old, and so poor-looking, And, of course, everyone there was very friendly to me. When I got out of the taxi, the students were holding their heads out the window of the school building to wave at me. And, um, here comes, here comes the foreigner! So, anyway, but but she actually did have it fairly well organized. Um, She had gotten, like, the one school projector so that we could play some songs for the kids to sing and... Um, you know, it just sort of reminded me trying to set up a projector, you know, in like two thousand seven, you know, just and there, you know, there's like one per school. So, um uh, anyway, but her students were very enthusiastic to talk to me. They had, you know, prepared these songs and dances and, you know, a lot of them knew really good knew English really well. So, um, you know, took a lot of photos and I mean part of me feels ridiculous about it but 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 also ha- happy I could give them their happy day. I mean even though I didn't really do anything. Um, but anyway and then you know of course they wanted to feed me and I had just told her no 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 nope 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 nope. Um, so anyway then you know it was her, her school is who paid for the taxi, and then they called the taxi, and I got back out in the snow and and went back. So um, I guess why it's relevant is it was a good eye opener for me of what my students are really up against in the situations that they're teaching. And you know we're sitting there in our fancy graduate school class talking about the cahoot and etc cetera, etc, cetera, and. You know, she's she's out there in the ramshackle building, so, um, you know, how to, how to balance both of these needs to keep them, you know, up-to-date and aware of things, but understanding the limits of the resources they have available to them in their current setting. Now, I would just, as a loose estimate, say maybe a third of my students teach public school, maybe a third... Teach at universities, maybe a third teach at language centers or other settings. That it's probably not actually thirty three percent, but it's it's some combination of mainly those three entities. So um, so yes, yeah, certainly the people in the language centers are in the best best situation in terms of facilities and resources and pay. They get paid the most. I've been told they get paid quite handsomely. So um, so it. it it was exciting for me to be able to help my student. Yes. I was ex- flattered to be asked and you know it just highlights the unique the unique role I have here as a foreigner and the unique role I have as the teacher in a graduate program. And it's not student relations not necessarily my strong point but but, but really trying to, you know, have those good relations with my people and so that, you know, 20 years from now, this is what they will be, you know, what they'll be talking about and what they'll be remembering. And, and maybe I'll still be in touch with some of them. As I am from my graduate school teacher and we still talk about her. And that has been 20 years ago. Will be 20 years ago in, um, in August. So um yeah so that was my that was my big adventure that I am am excited about. Moving on, what am I puzzled by? Um, I am puzzled by perfectionist culture, which is prevalent in this part of the world. Um, in two different settings here, I've heard one person from Eastern Europe, and one person from the Middle East, use this phrase in talking about their teaching. Something, something, something. I always do my best. And both times, this sentence just stood out to me like a sore thumb. And it's like, really? I always do my best. Okay. I was sort of curious why why they felt the need to say that. And uh, to anyone who knows me, this will come as no surprise. Um, The person talking to you right now, I can guarantee you, is never doing her best. Because if I was doing my best, I would be driving myself crazy and be mired in minutia and not able to move forward on anything. And the joy for anything that I'm doing would be lost and you know I've heard people who are musicians talk about particularly with recording projects but I I mean I think this goes on anything you know once you get any project to 90% that's the stopping point because the effort it would take to get something the next 10% to get it quote 100% perfect or whatever that 10% that energy is much, much, much better well spent on moving on to other projects. And I just wholeheartedly agree with that. It's get get done what you need to get done that will suffice in that circumstance. And then beyond that, if I if I did anything, and I'm responsible, I'm responsible on my job. <clears throat> responsible with music projects I've been a part of. It's not that I'm irresponsible, but I I want to do what I'm going to need for that moment. And then I'm going to and then I'm going to carry on. If I'm obsessing over every detail with it, I'm not having fun anymore. And and even on my job, I don't want to be robbed of the joy of it. And what's, what's really to be gained by that extra 10%? Because stuff goes wrong anyway in the classroom. So, um, oh my gosh, I, I, I could go on on this topic indefinitely. But the, the quest for perfectionism is the thief of productivity. And this, I'm just bombarded with this here. Bombarded. There is so much stuff that I will not do here, because I see that whatever's involved with it, people have unrealistic expectations, and and I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna do that. So whether that is um, playing music here, whether that is being the host of the trivia game that I play in the local community. You know, whether that's capitalizing on opportunities to do freelance work. I had another really good example. Um, yeah, that just any any of these things that I would happily slap together in other settings, I just know I can't do something to their standards here. And don't I don't, I don't want to make that investment on time. And to put this in a finer point, a lot of this comes down to the issue of PowerPoints. Which has just become a loaded, loaded, loaded word for me here. That the definition of teaching is PowerPointing. And that just gets all over me. And it's like, I'm well prepared for class. I've read the materials. I've thought through the activities. I am enthusiastically and effectively implementing these activities. And it doesn't matter if the directions are written on the learning platform, if they're written on the board, if they're written on a PowerPoint, if they're written on a Google Doc, it, the format doesn't matter. And so I'm always going to go with efficiency. What can I do the most efficiently? That I'm not adding in extra time to make something beautiful. If it's scratched on the board, it's the net result to the instruction unless, as in local culture here, the the bugaboo is that's not what the students are expecting. And then to that, I would say, well, I want to challenge what the students are expecting because this is a Western education and Western teachers are not obsessed with PowerPoints. I know that some are, but it's not, it's not the cultural norm by any stretch of the imagination and that you know my culture is obsessed with or, and me personally efficiency and quality of ideas are what are valued so um i've tried to explain that in as diplomatic terms as possible but but hopefully people can read between the lines on that further but um but yeah i just want to get it done whatever it is and 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 to experience joy in whatever I'm creating. If I've gone some kind of massive extra mile on something, I'm just setting myself up for disappointment whenever I implement it because it's not going to be worth whatever I put into it. So that's just my personal feelings. People are welcome to agree or disagree. Um, but as you can hear by the tone of my voice, that is something I've got High a puzzlement and frustration about, and and how did we as human beings evolve with such a different value system? So um, anyway, how long do I plan to stay? Well, rolling on here through third quarter, and and certainly certainly hoping that the journey is going to continue on. Okay, so I'm um, happy I could help out my student and and visit the remote village. And you know, just on the continued journey of balancing out these cultural cultural differences and and how to how to split the difference somehow and rocking on through year three, knock on wood, whoever you are, wherever you are, wherever you're listening um if you know me personally or if you don't know me personally, thank you for coming along on the journey, and I look forward to sharing with you next time. What's happening in the heart of Central Asia in Tashkent, Uzbekistan?